welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, selling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello everybody and welcome to episode, I believe it's something like 18, episode 18 already. So this is kind of two-parter, I wanted to go into more detail um, without boring you to death on um, the sort of three types of objections you can get. So last week, um, just to recap, I was talking around objections and the types of objections that you can expect to find or hear from your customer. So what is an objection? It's something that stands in the way of that customer progressing along the sales process and wanting wanting to buy from you, basically. So there's something that's come up that concerns them, that they believe uh, the product can't do or your service can't do, um, that they would like it to do. And so that it's a reservation on whether or not they want to progress further. It's definitely not a no. And I think that's the thing to bear in mind is it's very easy to get hung up on, oh, this person's objecting. Maybe they're being difficult. And, and, and particularly when you've been selling a product or service for some time, it's very easy to make assumptions about people. You need to take any objection on face value and explore that with that person. And so what I want to do today is to talk around just the sort of steps you might want to go through to understand that objection a little bit more and then bring those sorts of objections to life with examples so that you can understand what uh, might be going on for that customer uh, and what you might want to be doing um, in order to respond to that customer's objection. So first up on the whole objection front is misunderstandings. Okay, now a misunderstanding is the belief that they basically you don't provide or a feature or benefit that you do actually provide. So it's just a miscommunication. That person believes that you aren't providing something that actually you do. Um, easy to sort out, easy to get clear, uh, and a nice one to work with. Um, so, you know, a really positive one because once you've cleared up that, normally then, you know, they should progress along that sales process. The second one is a drawback. So actually, it's a feature or benefit that actually you genuinely don't provide. A really good example of that is like price. So you, you don't provide that product at, uh, say, £20. It's actually £200. So that's a drawback. You can't provide that. You're not willing to provide that, understandably, um, for such a, a level of, of return. So that would be a drawback. It's a fact. It's something that you know you can't dismiss, uh, but it is a, a, a something to be considered and something that will impact the sales process. The third and final one is that it's actually a false objection. So that's when somebody has raised this, but they've raised it because um, they want to use it as an excuse. Uh, and I will come on to that in a little more detail. So what do you want to do, and why is it important that I've labeled them, or do I just like labeling these things? Well, with, in order to respond to it properly, you need to understand what sort of objection it is, okay? Now, you know, it's not a case of labeling and going, oh, I can see this, this is a misunderstanding. Uh, it's about knowing that actually with a misunderstanding, I just need to clarify, I just need to make it clear to the person, which is quite simple, it's straightforward, you probably do that in real life. You know, if somebody says to you, oh, you know, I thought that, um, I thought you said you were gonna do, do the X for me. No, I didn't. Um, I'm really sorry that that must have confused you, uh, but I, I wasn't ever going to do, you know, 
I wasn't ever going go and go uh, and 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 buy that for you or sort that out for you. Um, you know, it's very easy to uh, to 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 get it to clear the air and make it clear that that isn't um, what was going on or what what's available. So, you know, a misunderstanding um, is 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 easy to clear up in real life, and it's easy to clear up in a sales conversation. But what you want to do with that is, you know, for, for example, uh, I've been around clients where they've had conversations with their customers and they've believed that they haven't been able to treat a certain condition that actually they have. They just haven't made it very clear. And so it's going back and it's looking at your sales process and it's looking at the information you provided to that customer and tweaking that for future customers. You you know, you can clear up this misunderstanding now with that customer, and obviously that's the first thing you do, but then you'd use that information to tweak for future customers to make sure that misunderstanding doesn't happen again. You know, it, it's that whole thing of prevention is better than cure. So it's feedback, you take that on board and you'd make changes. With a drawback, it's a fact that you know you you don't offer it as the example I've given before, you don't offer it a particular price. Or uh, I've seen it where things don't come in a particular custom a color, color, or it's not customizable. Um, all sorts of different things that people might want. You know, uh, my your competition, uh, they provide it uh, with, and, it, and it's labeled, it's personalized. Okay, well I don't do personalized, but you know I do provide this, this, and this. I know that that's what you're looking for. Can we overlook the personalization? Um, or equally, there might be a way around it. So they might be able to look at it and think, well, okay, yeah, I can't personalize it as in I can't you know, personalize the printing of the label, but I can put a little note with it. We can do something if it's that important to you. But I think the key thing is, is with that drawback is how far are you willing to go? And, and, and for which, you know, if that customer is that customer worth that additional effort is the return uh, on your time are going to be to be worth you putting in that extra effort. So sometimes it's a case of just purely saying to them, hey, how important is this based on these other elements that totally tip the bill, um, assuming that's the way you've gone around uh, the conversation, that's how the conversation's gone. Or do you try and meet them part way with a compromise? And I think that totally depends on where you're at and what sort of product you are looking for and how big a deal it is. But again, you know, understanding what sort of objection it is can help you to manage it, particularly in the early days where it can make you, as soon as you get an objection, you tend to just panic, you tend to just respond, you tend to want to just solve it or not on purpose, but I've seen people who have wanted to um, tell them that that doesn't matter. Uh, and so obviously telling somebody that what they think and what they feel doesn't matter doesn't go down too well. So you need to be able to uh, understand, show empathy, show that you understand where they're coming from. So that helps. The, the discovering process, the uncovering actually what sort of objection it is can really help uh, to focus you on that first stage where you might be a little bit like, help. Uh, you can you have a, a process to fall back on, which is to understand from that customer more about what's going on so that you can understand where they're coming from. A false one is a tricky one. Uh, it's basically given as an excuse because they don't want to tell you how, what they're truly thinking, what they're truly feeling about it. That's normally down to the fact that the person isn't convinced, they're not bought in yet, they're not in a position where they feel comfortable and confident buying from you. Uh, so regularly people will come up with price 
Um, a new one which has cropped up recently has obviously been uncertainties around COVID, around job security and things like that, some of which will be genuine. And I think it's it's working with that person and seeing if you can find a solution. If you can find a solution, then, well, that person is then open to that solution, then it's not been an excuse. It's been a genuine drawback. It's been a genuine thing they need resolving. If, however, they are really resistant to the suggestions that you come up with, the likelihood is that actually they don't want a solution. They just want to walk away. And I think the key thing with this is you've got to, you know, whilst you can help them, you can help them see the bigger picture. You can talk them through alternatives. Letting somebody walk away with dignity isn't the worst thing you can do. Putting somebody under pressure, telling them that how they feel is wrong telling them that you know it's now or never putting putting pressure on them and ignoring how they feel doesn't leave your customer feeling very good and i know that there are people out there who have been trained and who do train people to push that bit more uh, and to really what they call back people into a corner so you know getting that information and then quoting it back to them and then disregarding objections and things that might come up. That might get you a sale, and there is more than one way to get a sale. I know that with the way I work and the way that my clients get results is by working with that customer and creating a longer term relationship so that maybe that person can't, you know, won't buy from them again. Then it's not a type of product you can buy on a regular basis, but you can retain them as one of your champions. You can retain them as somebody who wants to go off and talk about you and say how great you are. I am yet to find people who rave around people who have bullied them into a purchase. So aspire to work with you in the longer term, just because they can't do it now, um, does not mean that that opportunity is dead in the water and you should treat them as so. Anyway guys, I have gone a little bit off piece there, but I will leave you all to it. Thank you very much for listening. Next time, I've had some requests in to talk around the actual selling without sleaze bit. So actually, what does it mean to talk, uh, to, to be sleazy in a sales call? What are the sleazy techniques and how to avoid some of those? So I'm super excited to be talking about that next time. And I also have some very exciting guests on the horizon. So uh, please do keep tuning in. Uh, let me know uh, if you have any questions. Please do feel free to send them to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at sellingwithoutsleeves.com. Um, no skanky sales techniques, please, guys. Um, genuine questions, always welcome. Or join the Selling Without Sleeves uh, free Facebook group, which has exactly the same icon, keeping it consistent, and it's called Selling Without Sleeves. You can find it on Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week and happy selling. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.